I'm Matt McClellan. Delilah Onofre of Flower Power Marketing attended the American Bloom Symposium in Philadelphia this year. During her trip, she caught up with Carl Eckert of Eckert's Greenhouse, and they talked about the hanging basket program he's established there. Let's listen in. Hello, I'm Delilah Onofre here at the American Bloom Symposium in Philadelphia, and I'm with Carl Eckert of Eckert's Greenhouse in Sterling Heights, Michigan, near Detroit. And so one thing that Carl's been doing is he works with towns on hanging basket programs. So Carl, when did you start providing hanging baskets to towns? Uh, we've been in uh, that business for about eight years now. How we got into the business is I'm a retail grower, as you said, north of Detroit. And the cities we were growing for uh, couldn't afford to water daily. So they stopped growing their baskets. We, we quit uh, having them because they couldn't afford watering. So that's when we realized there was a problem out there that had to have a, a niche where baskets uh, weren't available for customers to have water reservoirs in their pots and delay their waterings. So pulled the patents and made the tools, and uh, the rest is history. So we keep coming up with new and new products, all with water reservoirs, all saving time uh, and money for the cities. So what are the, what's the name of the hanging baskets you're presenting here to the community? The line that we have is the H2O Labor Saver. In that line, under that umbrella, it's three different sizes. Uh, the original was a 23-inch. That's our workhorse for cities. And it gives a cities large enough capacity, two-and-a-half-gallon water reservoir, and giving them, as you're driving by on the road at 60 miles an hour, a view of a lot of beautiful flowers. The 14-inch is a smaller basket, does just as well, for cities that either A, don't have, do not have poles strong enough to hold the 65-pound weight. Carmel, Indiana is a prime example of using our weekender basket, the 14-inch. They have 800 in their community uh, due to their light pole restrictions. They're able to beautify their uh, poles with a lighter weight. Then our new product is a wraparound, two halves wrapping around a pole. And that's something that uh, a lot of people ask for. So we're in the process of making that happen. The tools are going out, are being made as we speak. And December, we should have pots December, early January. So in addition to selling and distributing the actual baskets mm -hmm. nationally, you, you also supply planted baskets in your region? Yes. We are a retail grower. And then we do grow for about nine communities, two local hospitals, and a university. It just a regional uh, 50 to 75 miles away around the greenhouse. We do that, and then we ship the baskets, as you say, throughout the U.S., and then we have a very great company in Canada that reps us there and distributes our baskets in Canada, empty, of course. Oh, wow, so that's great. You've, you've solved the watering problem, mm -hmm. and then, so another thing to make it, the goal is to make the communities succeed so they stick with these programs and they don't go away. And, and actually having a program where the baskets look bad is worse than no program at all, wouldn't you say? Indeed, indeed. And uh, when we talk to cities, and the, our, if we look at it, the cost of the basket uh, to begin with, people say that's the beginning cost. But really that isn't, that isn't as big a cost as what you look at the maintenance part. And that's where we can come in and say you can save maintenance, but agree to 100%. If you're not going to follow through with it, don't do it. If you're not ready to commit to what it takes to make that basket for, the, for that growing year. And it, up north, we're 100 days, 120 days. And the further south you get, you can get into you know, year-round beauty on a basket. But with that is a challenge of 
uh, maintaining it year-round. So another key is also selecting the plant material. So you have been doing this for both sun and shade baskets. And so I know petunias are like the basket plant. So what, what varieties have really worked for you? We've done a lot of work with petunias, and they are. We do use a lot of surfinas. Love the, the deep red. Any of the surfina line, the strong colors, long cascading, it will give you that season-long look. We like using them. We believe in those as a strong product to use and, and suggest them for people. As far as in the shade, you know, really there's a few baskets that are shaded by trees or by buildings. So we do use some trina in there as a mix, like using the summer wave uh, trina, and that does really well as a mix. We have a, one the University at U of M we, we do, and they always want blue and yellow. So it's, sometimes that's a challenge in shade. So that's been a great addition giving the color and the shade. Yeah, Summer Wave's been tried and true for probably nearly 20 years now. Gosh, yeah, yeah, and it's still very hard to beat. The way it wraps, clings to, uh, when it comes over, clings to the outside, really gives you a nice display. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I know in Europe, the surfinias, the reason they got to be so big was the way they would last through the summer, continuous bloom, and I've seen really gorgeous pictures in Europe of Suntory surfinia petunias, so I'm, I'm so... Glad to see them also be used in mm -hmm. the States. A great uh, addition, and we've been with Servina, gosh, I believe probably one of the first years when they were introduced to the U.S., been growing them a long time. There's a lot of strong colors in, uh, in that whole group, and basically it, it's the color won't hold you up. Uh, there's a lot of unique colors that they have in that whole line. Mm -hmm. So you got the watering, the plant material. What, what about the fertilizer part? That's the biggest challenge because, as we know as growers, petunias need to be fed probably one of the most heavier feeding plants that we grow. But in the greenhouse, we're either on a constant feed at about 200 parts per million or we'll, you know, as a weekly feed or twice weekly feed, a little heavier than that. And the challenge is with cities, they either don't budget or don't know they have to do that if they aren't plant people. Whereas in the greenhouse, people are known about know how to grow a plant, and sometimes the cities don't are, uh, don't have that knowledge. So that's a challenge for us to say, all right, we we do put in a Jack's Classic Coat uh, solar release, and uh, we suggest that anybody that grows for cities put in an Osmocote or Jack's Classic, the higher end of the solar releases. We believe in that because if we get too hot a weather, too cold a weather, some of the releases that are more economical sometimes don't kick in the right times. So we, we like using the higher end uh, products. We believe in those. But that, that's a good band-aid. But still we got to go in with a liquid feed. And that's where we got, we're going to have a failure with petunias is because they weren't fertilized. And gosh, if we can go into any city and say, if we can get in once a week, with fertilizer, even once every two weeks. Uh, that helps a huge amount, especially with the slow release. And it's not, it's fairly economical to do. A lot of our cities that right now are, are tank watering now anyway. So just to put in a small amount of fertilizer in the tank isn't really costing them much more than just the fertilizer of themselves itself because they're, they're hand watering now anyway. And that, the challenge is of making them understand this is why your petunias aren't as uh, good-looking as your neighbor city, because the neighbor city is one that's fertilizing. So once they understand the, that, then they get it and say, oh gosh, now we can extend that season. Because what happens, petunias, and here's a prime example this year, with all the moisture we had in August, 
powdery mildew will take over on any petunia. Vegetative will hold off a little bit longer than the seed varieties, but at the end of the day, if we have a petunia that's a weak plant, powdery mildew will take over that plant a lot quicker than a plant that's actively growing. And how do we make it a plant actively grow? Fertilizing. So you really tell the cities or anybody that has fertilized during the summer, they're getting that additional time, and I'd call it almost another month to six weeks, out of those petunias, even though our weather isn't really conducive to growing nice petunias. Hmm. So other garden centers thinking about providing this type of service to their communities mm -hmm. around them, what, what advice do you have for them to get started? Oh, there's a lot of good advice, being that you are a local grower, so you know your climate, you know what really uh, grows well in your area. But promoted as, you know, petunias are a great thing as long as we're fertilizing. If you don't think they're going to fertilize, maybe look at a, a substitute for petunias. But every city has a unique situation. And look to see where they want to put the baskets and if they're committed for a season-long watering. The other unique, the other interesting thing is as when cities do, especially in small cities, start hanging those baskets on the poles, the local garden center, he's going to be selling more baskets also. Cause, and you can even do a theme. We've suggested that many times to cities, all right? If, if we know the city of XYZ is going to have a theme of red, white, and blue, well, gosh, in your retail line, plant up some red, white, and blue because you've got a lot of town folks to say, hey, I want to match the baskets that are up on the city. So if you have insight on what they're planning, you're going to have a very easy sell for your, your local residents to plant. Anyway, what do you think about, you've been a sponsor of the American Bloom event mm -hmm. for many years now. What are your thoughts about American Bloom and what it's been doing the past 12 years here? Well, we're excited about American Bloom. We always have been. It's such a positive influence on our industry, but not only that, is all the communities. If we look at all the communities that have been involved over these number of years, gosh, there's all been positive. When you come to these symposiums, everybody's so positive the good things has happened to each and every city. So very excited about what has happened and excited about what the future holds. Seems like we're in a grow mode now, and that's a good, uh, good growth coming up, and we're excited to be part of that and continue to be for the years to come. Well, thank you for all you do to Plant Pride. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.